Hi, I'm Joel McMahon, pastor at St. Philip United Methodist Church, and I welcome you to our latest broadcast. As we begin, let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Lord, we thank you for loving us so much that you would leave your realm of majestic glory to come and dwell among us. If it hadn't been for your great love that compelled you to come and redeem us, we would still be lost in sin today. Because you loved us so much, you were willing to come to this earth and purchase our salvation. You were born as a baby in Bethlehem, and yet you always existed, and you came here with a definite plan to save us from an eternity separated from you. Thank you so much for coming, Lord. Thank you for loving us enough to temporarily shed your glory and become a man so you could pay for our sin and save us to the uttermost. As we dig into your word today, Lord, we pray that you would speak to our hearts in such a way that our appreciation for your coming uh, is just enriched. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, it's just a little less than two weeks until Christmas, and I'd like to share with you uh, a Christmas story, uh, as you would. Uh, it's found in John, the Gospel of John. I'm going to be reading John 1, 1 through 5, and then 14 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace." For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word at this time. You know, Jeremiah, or David Jeremiah, tells a story of a man in Wales who pursued the affection of a certain woman for 42 years before she finally said yes. For more than 40 years, this rather shy man slipped a weekly love letter under his neighbor's door, but she continually refused to speak to him because they'd had a little tiff many, many years before. So after writing 2,184 love letters, love letters with no spoken or written answer, the now old man summoned up enough courage to go in person to her door. He knocked on the door of the lady's house and he asked for her hand in marriage. And to his delight and surprise, she accepted. 
after 42 years. Now, this seems like a hard to understand story until you realize that, in essence, this is exactly what happened with us and God. For decades, he sent his love letters through the prophets of the Old Testament, telling them that God loved them and that Jesus was coming, that their Messiah was on his way. He told them in these love letters of his desire to have a relationship with him, but when there was no response, he did what the man from Wales did. He showed up in the person of his own son. And he knocked at the door of the hearts of the people for whom he had come and presented his love to them in a person. Now, there's a mystery in this season of Christmas, and that is that there are people in the world who don't know Jesus Christ who participate in celebrating his birthday anyway. They celebrate Christmas which is a mute testimony to the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ, even though they don't know who he is. They celebrate a birthday of someone they don't even know. Now, it's the power of the gospel. It's the power of Christmas. It's the power of this story that is a true story, a historical fact. It reminds me of a line in The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, the famous uh, revelation of Dr. Seuss's classic. The line goes like this. The Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store? What if Christmas perhaps means a little bit more? Indeed, the meaning of Christmas runs so much deeper than the festivities that engulf it. It's something amazing that did happen and if I could summarize it in a few words, it would be simply, it's the celebration of God coming down from heaven to be one of us. And in the books of John and Hebrews, there's some wonderful truths that help us to understand why he did it. I've been going through the book of Hebrews for a couple of weeks now. I've read through it once and I'm going back through it again. And as I started back through it, the first couple of chapters, it's dawned on me that it just explains why Jesus came. And as the day when we celebrate Jesus' birth approaches, I think it would be good for us to remember why he came. And so I want us to look at three questions about why Jesus came, and I hope that these will enrich your understanding of the reason for the season that we're in right now. First of all, the question is, who is he who has come down? Who is he? We read about it in the passage that we just finished reading. In John 1.1, we're told, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, Hebrews 2, verse 9, adds to this and tells us, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God might taste death for everyone. The book of Hebrews here is describing Jesus as one who was made a little lower than the angels. In the verses that precede this text, 
it talks about how human beings, that's you and me, uh, we have been lifted up to be just a little bit lower than the angels. We were exalted in being made a little lower than the angels, but when Jesus came, he didn't go up to become a little lower than the angels. Instead, he came down. Our exaltation was his humiliation. He came down to be one of us. Jesus, the God of glory, came down to be just a little lower than the angels, where we are, and to identify with us. And in, the, and in every announcement concerning his coming, his name is given to us. To Mary, we are told that she was to call his name Jesus. And to Joseph, the word was, she shall bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus. And to the shepherds, it was said, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This one who has come down is Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels to be like us. He is the one who's to save us from our sins. He is Jesus the Christ. It is his coming to us at Christmas that we celebrate. I heard a story about a little child who was asked one day by a friend if she got everything that she wanted for Christmas, and she said, no, I sure didn't, but it doesn't matter because it's not my birthday anyway. And that's the right way to look at it, isn't it? We worry so much about what we give to each other, but this is not a celebration about us. It's a celebration about him. It's a celebration about Jesus. Who is he? He is Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, where we are to identify with us and to become our Savior. Now, the second question I raise is this. Where did he come from? And I was speaking to someone earlier today who didn't realize uh, all of what I'm getting ready to share with you right now. And apparently there are a lot of people that have never considered this, and it is so important. John 1-2 tells us, He was in the beginning with God. Look at those words. He was in the beginning. So in the beginning, you see, Jesus already was. He was in the beginning with God. Where did he come from? He came from being with God. In Hebrews 2:14 and 17, this is elaborated on, showing us just how critically important this is. Verse 14 says, listen to this, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he, speaking of Jesus, he himself likewise shared in the same, talking about flesh and blood. In all things, he had to be made like his brethren. So here the writer of Hebrews communicates that Jesus wasn't just born. It says he took part of flesh and blood. 
Now this is the important part that a lot of people have never considered, and I hope that this will sink into your heart this Christmas season. Jesus' birth, you see, was unlike any other birth you have ever heard of because he existed as God before time. He did not begin to exist at Bethlehem. He began to be human at Bethlehem. At his birth, he added flesh and blood to his existence. What happened at Bethlehem was that Jesus, who had existed forever as God, became a man. Though he dwelt in the splendor of light, he entered into a world of darkness. Though he had reigned over the angels throughout heaven, yet he took upon himself the form of a servant. Though he was the Son of God, he willingly became the Son of Man and the Son of Mary. Though his throne was at the right hand of God the Father, he chose the prickly straw of a manger in which to be born. He is the everlasting God with neither beginning nor ending, and yet he grew within a mother's womb and was born on a winter's day. The Bible teaches that he became a man through the agency of the Holy Spirit who brought conception to Mary, a virgin, so that Mary became pregnant without ever having known sexual contact with a man. So, where did he come from? But the best way we can say it is that he came down. Now, in the sixth chapter of John, Jesus is talking with his detractors, and he's trying to explain to them who he is and where he came from. And I hadn't noticed this before this past week. As I was reading through this passage, uh, in just a few verses, several times, Jesus uses this expression. Listen to this. John 6, 32, Jesus said to them, For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven. Now, Jesus is talking about himself. And in John 6, 38, he says, I have come down from heaven. And then again in John 6, 51, This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. You see, he had existed long before he was born into humanity, and that is what separates the Christian gospel from every other philosophy or religion that you've ever heard. Every religion and every philosophy apart from the Christian gospel is a religion or a philosophy not about God coming down to us, but about us somehow trying to reach up to God. And I tell you at this time that Christmas is the good news that although we can never reach up to God, we don't have to because he reached down to us. Brothers and sisters, when Jesus was on this earth, he was God walking around in a body. He was the Son of God and the Son of Man together in one person. Who is he? He is Jesus. Where did he come from? He came down. He came down from heaven.
He came down from the presence of God to be God with us, Emmanuel, and I love that name. The third and last question, and most important question, I love the question, why? I have always wanted to know the why of things. Now, I want to know the who, the what, the where, and the when also, but the why is so important. Why are we on this planet? Why did Jesus come down? All of these things are important. Now, if his birth is the unique and most important birth in the history of the world, why did Jesus come down to this earth? Why did he do this? Now, I want to give you three of the most important ones. There are others, but these are the three most important. Jesus, first of all, came down to rescue us from our enemy. Jesus had to come down in order that we could be rescued from our enemy. At the cross, Satan, sin, and death were judged. And now we're just waiting for the execution to take place. Judgment has already happened. In the meantime, Satan has been granted freedom for a while, but he can only have a victory over us, over us when we submit to him instead of to the Holy Spirit. We're no longer bound to do what he says. We can't use that old excuse, the devil made me do it. No, we have been set free from his dominion over us because of the power of Jesus Christ. You don't have to be bound by the enemy anymore. The second reason why he came down is to release us from our captivity. Now, you know there are some people who are so afraid of death that they spend all their life in bondage to the fear of death. It has imprisoned them. Have you ever known anybody like that? There are people who are so afraid of dying that they've never really started to live. The Bible says that Jesus has freed us from the fear of death. And here's how he did it. Jesus went into death. He went through death. And he came out on the other side of death. And he conquered death. So we don't have to be afraid of it anymore. And that's why he says, because I live, you shall live also. Now Max Lucado says something wonderful about this. He said, in all my travels, I've never seen one passenger weep when the plane landed. He said, never. He said, no one clings to the armrest and begs, please don't make me leave. Let me stay and eat some more peanuts. He says, we're willing to exit the plane because the plane has no permanent mailing address. And you see, this world doesn't have one either. The Bible says we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives right now. And so we're just traveling through here, as I've said many times before, on our way home. And if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you have a reservation. And the resurrection is the confirmation of your uh, reservation. So we're just traveling through here on our way home. And when it's time to get off this plane, 
We're not going to cling to the armrest and say, I want some more peanuts. I'm not ready to go yet. We're going to be ready to go home and be with the Lord. That's the gift of Christmas from the coming of Jesus Christ to be one of us. One last thing. Jesus came down to relate to us in our frailty. This is the present and most encouraging message of Christmas. And this is the reason why I love the term Emmanuel, God with us. In Hebrews, the second chapter, we read, For indeed, he does not give aid to the angels, but he gives aid to the seed of Abraham, or to humanity. Now, see, the thing is, the seed of Abraham are not just the direct physical descendants of Abraham. The seed of Abraham in the New Testament refers to those who by faith have received the salvation that was, is offered by Jesus Christ and which was purchased on his cross at Calvary. To those people, uh, and so then it goes on, therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren. He had to become flesh and blood that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tested, he is able to aid those who are tested because he himself has suffered. He is able to help you in your suffering. And you too, if you're going through trials, he knows what it's like. Now listen, if you don't get anything else out of what I've said today, please hear this because you're going to need it sometime in some way between now and the 25th of December. The writer of Hebrews tells us that one of the reasons Jesus became a man is so that he would be able to identify with us in our problems in our challenges, in our uh, dilemmas, in our tough times here on earth. It says he's not giving help to the angels. That's what the text says that I just read. He didn't come to help the angels. He came to help us. And I love what Tim Keller says about this. Tim Keller says, Christianity does not so much offer solutions to the problem of suffering, but rather it provides the promise of God who is completely present with us in our suffering and who not only is with us, but understands everything that we're going through. Brothers and sisters, no other religion even begins to come close to this truth. When we have problems, when we face challenges, it is so encouraging to know that there's someone to whom we can go who's been where we are, who understands what we're facing and has taken our testing all the way through. And so when we pray to him with our challenges, when we go to Jesus in our prayers, in our hearts, we can see, hear him saying back to us, I understand. I know what you're going through. I know, I understand everything you've experienced because you see, I've been there. He still bears the scars, those nail prints in his hand. He took those back to heaven with him. He took 
the flesh and blood that he took on here at Christmas time. When he ascended, he took that back with him. Jesus became flesh and blood because the problems we have are flesh and blood problems. Jesus became human because the problems we have are human problems. Jesus put himself into the time warp because the problems we have take place in the here and the now. He became everything that we are so that when we come to him as the perfect son of God, we know he understands us. And that's why we pray in Jesus' name. We take our prayers and we offer them to God through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He understands us. He came to relate to us in our frailty. He understands. We do not serve a God who is cold and separated from us, but one who still bears the marks of having been here among us. And so when you pray, he understands. So as you look back over the Bible and throughout the Old and New Testaments, what do you discover about the incarnation, Jesus coming and becoming one of us, is that Christmas is enduring a human birth so that you and I can have a spiritual birth. Christmas is Jesus coming to a stable so that one day we can live in a mansion. Christmas is Jesus having an earthly mother so that we can have a heavenly father. Christmas is Jesus becoming poor so that we can be made rich. Christmas is Jesus welcomed at his birth by some shepherds so that when we are born again, we can be welcomed by the angels who rejoice in heaven. Jesus is the only one who could do what we've been talking about. Because for Jesus to meet our need, he had to be both God and man. And now at Christmas time, we celebrate the coming together of deity and humanity, God becoming flesh. And in his earthly life, he lived and suffered and experienced all that. But the Bible says, apart from sin, so that one day he went to a Roman cross as the sinless son of God. And there, hanging between heaven and earth, I like to think of it this way. He reached up one hand and he took hold of deity and he reached down the other hand and he took hold of, huma hold, hold of humanity and he brought us together at the cross and made it possible for us now in him to know God so that we can come boldly before him. We don't have to fear God. We find out that our God is a God of love, a love so great that he would not even withhold his own son. That's what we celebrate in this season and what we celebrate in a very special way every time we come to the Lord's table. It's at the cross our humanity comes in contact with God and God comes to live within us. Emmanuel is God with us, but Christianity is God in us. God living within us through his Holy Spirit. So when you understand that, brothers and sisters, you realize that the message of Christmas 
is far more than it's made out to be in this wild and woolly celebration that we're about to experience. When you're wondering in your mind and your heart, why is all this celebration going on, even though they don't know why they're celebrating? We do. We know that on that day when Christ was born in that manger in Bethlehem, heaven invaded earth as it's never been invaded before nor ever will be again. And God came down to be with us so that we could one day go up and be with him. Now, as I close this message, I want to say that if you've never put your trust in this one about whom the Bible speaks, what a great and wonderful moment in this Christmas celebration for you to say, I know God loved me so much they would give up his own son so that I could know him. But I don't know him yet because I haven't received that gift. You see, a gift is only a gift if it's received. And if you haven't received the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, I urge you to do that today. Open up your heart and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior so that you will know the true meaning of Christmas and understand to the fullest why he came. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for being with us at this time. Now, if you're ever visiting in the San Philip area, we ask for you to stop by and visit with us. We'd love for you to worship with us. If you are not able to do that, then we invite you to come back and join us again next week. Until then, goodbye and God bless.